Welcome to the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Welcome, everyone. I'm Ainsley McLeod, sitting in here for Marie Manucherry. And I have a guest today, special guest. She is known as a poet, a songwriter, a producer, a musician, a singer, an advocate, a friend, and a philanthropist. But she's possibly best known for the love in her music that has inspired and motivated people worldwide. With over 8 million albums sold worldwide, her most recent fourth studio album, Testimony, Volume 2, Love and Politics, hit number one on the Billboard R&B chart and number three on the Billboard Top 200 chart. She has been praised by Oprah Winfrey for her steadfast refusal to succumb to female stereotypes that have plagued other female artists. She has worked steadily throughout her career to champion causes close to her heart, and has travelled to Africa numerous times to address the AIDS crisis, while her songs have been used in various campaigns, including I Am Not My Hair in Lifetime's Stop Breast Cancer for Life campaign, and What About the Child in conjunction with UNICEF. Since the release of her first album, Acoustic Soul, in 2001, she has received 20 Grammy, Grammy nominations and won three Grammy Awards for NAACP Image Awards, Uh, alongside various awards from BET, Billboard, MTV, VH1, Vogue, Essence and others. In September 2010, she was inducted into the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. And she still has time to talk to us today from Hawaii. (laughs) Welcome, India Ari. Thank you. How are you doing today? (laughs) Good, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing fine. And how is Hawaii? Great. Yeah. Uh, I my got, favorite place. Yeah, and you're actually on my favorite spot, the very direct spot. You could track it by GPS. It's the one place in Hawaii that I felt so connected. So I'm Me very, too. very envious. Yeah. Has it, <laughs> has it been just uh, rest and recreation there? Or are you working? Well, well, obviously, because music is my job, it, I can call it work. Right. Well, when I'm in the process of writing songs and, like, you know, gathering my thoughts and stuff, it never feels like work. It feels like my comfort zone. So I'm here. I'm doing that and, you know, gathering my thoughts and thinking really big about the next year and my future and stuff like that. Right. I am doing that, but I'm not working. 
Uh, are you writing songs? No, I'm writing. I'm not writing as many as I thought I would because I thought this was going to be a songwriting trip and all that. But I've been writing more business plans. Okay, <laughs> which is new for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is yeah. this a is this a new departure into a more business like India? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's business like, but it's also the India who is making the choice to be responsible for all areas of her life. Right. Yeah. Do you feel that this is part of your spiritual journey? Oh yeah. I feel like it's all it's all the spiritual journey, the music and the the growing up and the you know, maturation and all of that. So, right. Yeah. It's time for me to take my <laughs> it's time for me to be responsible for myself one hundred percent. Right. I can't count on anyone else to do things for me and I'm responsible for, for me. <laughs> and do you find that empowering? Yeah. yeah. I think it's empowering but it's also um, what's the word I'm looking for? It feels right. I feel like I'm in alignment with what is the truth for me. It feel, mm. it just feels right. It feels appropriate. <laughs> like, okay. this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Kind of like going with the flow? Yes, going with the flow. In I, the past, I had people doing everything for me, and, and it always felt kind of odd. Mm. But I thought it was easier. But it wasn't easier. It's not easier to have someone do your job for you. It's, it's harder because you have to look at it at some point and clean it all up, which is what I'm doing now. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about creativity and spirituality and, yeah. and actually begin with a quote from you. Um, I heard you say creativity and spirituality are inextricably linked. And I just wanted to ask you why. Well, for me, that is the truth, because, well, twofold. The very nature of creativity is, for me, as a songwriter, the very nature of it is translating emotion and feeling into something tangible. That is a spiritual act in and of itself, because you're feeling and hearing and translating you know feelings and thoughts and emotions into words and songs and for people who draw into colors and you know you're translating into something tangible i think that by nature that is a spiritual act um then also it's a it's creativity and spirituality are inextricably linked for me because in the process of doing that of pulling emotions and putting them into melodies and sounds i listen spiritually I listen, I actually hear words, I actually, I feel, um, you know, I feel things and I hear things, I call it being in the flow, because it's like a lot of spiritual energy that's circling around, there's a warmth that I feel when it's starting, and I'm listening to that, like, almost like what you would do as a psychic, it's a little bit different, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not um, speaking words and like that, I don't know that I hear as clear as you do, but I hear and I feel stuff, and I literally translate it. Well, it's definitely the same principle. Um, when, when you said about relaxing and hearing words like a, like a whisper, yeah, I mean, it's really, um, I, I have difficulty explaining to people what it's like doing what I do. <laughs> it's like yeah. listen, listening to thoughts is one way I describe it. But even mm. that doesn't quite, uh, quite explain it. But uh, yeah. when did you actually recognize that creativity and spiritually were so tied up together? Um, I mean, did you start your career with that awareness, or was it something that crept in? I started in? my 
my I started my journey as a songwriter, which was a bit before my career. I started my journey as a songwriter with that clarity. I was in Savannah, Georgia, which is a very spiritual place. It has a lot of energy and spirits and stuff. Right. Because it's so old and the, the history of the land and all of that, and you feel it. And especially as an African-American, being in Savannah with the history of slavery, it was my first time really feeling things that I couldn't see. Mm. And when I started writing songs, I I would call on I would call on them, like, mm-hmm. you know, asking to give me the words that would honor them or asking that they would um, allow me to just uh, feel emotions that I could that I could understand what I wanted to put into this song. Like I would be walking through the parks and talking <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't see them or anything like that, but I could feel stuff that I couldn't see. Yeah. And I'm... I remember calling on the names of Billie Holiday and Nina Simone. And those were not particularly two people that whose music I loved, but in the context of Savannah and feeling my ancestors, my African-American ancestors, those were two people whose spirit for the first time I, I loved like the, the power and the, sacrifice and uh, the empowerment and the, the strength. Yeah. I was calling on that energy and asking to be able to access it as a songwriter. And I never, um, I never for one second felt like that wasn't real. <laughs> mm. Well, talking of those uh, influences, did you, when, when you started your career, you know, with this songwriting and so on, um, did you have very strong influences or did you just kind of draw from from all sources I had strong influences um, I had strong influences starting with my mother because mm. she's a singer and a songwriter and um, she did it as a teenager and Motown wanted to sign her and she didn't do it because she wanted to they didn't want to sign her whole band they wanted to only sign her so she didn't do it and she they almost put her in Martha and the Vandellas and stuff like that. She opened for Stevie Wonder. So she had that whole history. And so there was that. Like, I had a person in my life who made it okay for me to want to be an artist. But right. also, as a singer, I sang like her. I phrased like her. My voice is like hers because, you know, genetically, like, the tone of our voice is like, she was the biggest influence. Then there was Stevie Wonder, and I wanted to be like him, but it wasn't really possible because I didn't know how to do what he was doing, the chord uh, structures and the, the complexity of his chord progressions and stuff. So yeah. there was that. Talk about, talk about aiming high. Yeah, <laughs> but, and then because the, I was aiming high, but not because I was trying to aim high, but because he's my favorite. <laughs> right. But then, you know, so I couldn't really access those things. I couldn't really be my mom, and I couldn't really be Stevie Wonder. But the, that was there, like, as a foundation, but on the top, like how I felt every day as I was creating music, it was really just wanting to express myself where I never had been able to before. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't let myself talk about certain things, and I wouldn't let myself feel certain things because I didn't want to be too vulnerable or too emotional, and the songwriting for me was really all about that. Well, I'd love to talk to you about the the whole process that you've gone through. Uh, We're going to take a short break just now, and then we'll come back. My guest is India Ari, and we're talking about creativity and spirituality. And so uh, please call in with any questions. (laughs) 
The Healing from Within, Supporting a Healthy Brain DVD is now available for purchase. Marie and Dr. Sheila Dunn-Merritt's third DVD covers the human brain in its entirety. They describe the brain as being a universe filled with multi-sensory abilities. Learn why neurotransmitters and serotonin levels can affect your mood. Gain knowledge about what vitamins and minerals are imperative to healthy aging. Exercises and meditations are included. If you haven't picked up your copy of the first two DVDs on detoxification or heart health, they're available online at www.energyintuitive.com or by calling 425-825-5671. There's an exciting new Astrology Hour, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. with Deborah Silverman. Deborah's unique blend of psychology and astrology turns planetary language into plain English. Join us for an interactive hour that's guaranteed to give you personal insights in a fun and entertaining way. Tune in to Deborah Silverman Live. Whatever your life question, marriage, job, family, relocation, or just curiosity, call for a live reading Tuesdays at 5 p.m. And visit Deborah's website at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. Have you ever wondered who you were in a past life? Did you know that our past lives play a pivotal role in who we are today? We'll come learn about your past lives at Marie's Past Life Integration Workshop, Saturday, July 23rd, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Courtyard by Marriott on Lake Union. In this day-long interactive workshop, Marie will share her interpretation of your past lives and offer healing techniques to serve as a catalyst for positive change in this lifetime. Sign up online at energyintuitive.com or call Marie's office at 425-825-5671 to register. No shirt, no shoes, no problem. Come as you are. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back. Um, this is Ainsley McLeod sitting in for Marie Manucherry, and my guest is India Ari. We're going to be talking more about creativity and spirituality and also that beautiful piece of music you just heard a little snippet of. Uh, but first, I'm going to take a question. Um, so over to you, Eric. We have a question. Yes, we do. We've got Jeremy on the line right now calling all the way from Alberta, Canada. Jeremy, hi. Hey, pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, too. I read your book. Very, 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 very uh, life-altering, for sure. <laughs> was it, that was the first book, The Instruction? <laughs> yeah, The Instruction. Uh-huh. Since I had it, it's, uh, it's really made a positive impact in a lot of different aspects of my life. So, uh, And listening to Irene there, it, it kind of sounds like uh, similar in terms of being able to communicate and tap into that creativity. So, All right. Um, now, my question for you, and I'm trying to talk in general because I know um, individual readings are, are different, right. um, but in general, um, I'm transitioning between relationships. Um, my spirit guides keep directing me back here, and every time I'm with the new person, it's always right. It always feels right. Yet when we're apart, it seems like there's always barriers. Now, is there, from your experience, um, how does one overcome that? Through the, uh, is there more direction from the spirit guides? Do things just sort of happen, or? Well, let me ask you, what uh, what kind of barriers are you talking about? Um, well, geographical ones. I mean, she lives a couple thousand miles away, um, but I mean, we've overcome that somewhat. Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, there's complications. Obviously, uh, there's 
previous relationships and other stuff involved, too. So uh, it makes it tougher. Well, it does. Uh, and I know all about this. I talk with great authority because... Uh, uh, you know, they say cats are always on the wrong side of the door, and I've, I've joked that my wives are always on the wrong side of the Atlantic. Uh, <laughs> I was, and 2,000 uh, miles isn't that bad. You know, yeah, well, I, I lived in London and met somebody from New York and then came to this country. Unfortunately, it didn't last, but uh, then I was in California met my current wife, who was in England. So, oh, wow. Um, I, I do know about this. Um, I, I think the, the important thing to recognize is that um, relationships are not always easy in, in terms of, you know, a geographical thing. It can seem like, I mean, even when I, you know, met and, f- and fell in love with my current wife, it was, uh, I was going, this, this is just absurd. You know, why are they making it so, so difficult yeah. for me? Um, but, you know, these are challenges that can be overcome. Uh, the, the most important thing, I think, is really what's going on when you're together. And that's that's what's really telling. Okay. If, you, if you just feel like, we have to be together, then you'll, you'll find a way of making it work. Okay. It just, um, you know, providing you, you both have to recognize the, the soul connection. And a, and a way of recognizing you really do have that soul connection is just really um, what it's like to be separated. You know, if it feels like a huge wrench, I mean, that, that's a very, very big sign. Also, if you look back to when you met, if there's a kind of uh, a feeling of familiarity... That's a real sign of a of a deep soul connection. If it's kind of like you know, you feel that I, I've met this person before. You know, I just feel very comfortable with them. Did you have that sort of thing go on? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. No, no questions asked about that for mm-hmm. sure. Um, no, I just I, I also too just want to uh, just thank you very much and uh, appreciate all the work that you've done. And uh, I do follow you on Facebook, so. Uh, uh, are you on Twitter? <laughs> you know, actually, I just just got a Twitter account, so I'm going to start Twittering in cool. the next day or two. So um, awesome. look out for that. And uh, it's great talking to you, Jeremy. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. And if folks want to call in today, they can at 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. Or toll-free, 877-825-8828. 877-825-8828. Back to you, Ainsley. All right. So I'm here with India Ari talking about creativity and spirituality. And yeah. India, I have a question. Um, Paul McCartney woke up apparently with the the whole song yesterday in his head. Like he had a dream about it. And I, I wonder, do you ever wake up going, oh my gosh, i got to write this down quick before I forget it? Yes. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, there's a song on my first album called Always in My Head. And uh, it's on Acoustic Soul. And um, <laughs> I had a dream that Bonnie Raitt was singing it to me. And as she was singing it, I was going, oh, man, that's clever. Like, that is good. <laughs> and I woke up, and I literally was like, I think I, I don't know if I said it out loud, but I thought it loud enough to feel like I said it like, oh, my God, that was me. <laughs> I had to get up and write it down. It was like, and I was getting up all fast. And, and then I usually have snippets of lines and melodies that I dream about, mm-hmm. um, especially a lot of that happens here on Hawaii, but um, it's rare that I get a whole song, but at those times when I do get a whole song, it feels like I feel like I'm really in that super deep, relaxed state, and it's um, super meditative, and all, all right. the lyrics start to come out, and I have that happen more often, where the whole song gets written all at once, but every once in a while I have... Dreams. There's another song I feel like I dreamt about. But I can't remember what that is right now. 
Right. So always and in my head was Bonnie Raitt singing you, it to me in my dream. <laughs> <laughs> and do you ever find that if you get a snippet of a song that the rest will follow some somewhere after? Yeah. Uh, um, most Much of the time, mm. it'll be a snippet that, that then sparks the whole song, and which is super, it's as valuable as having a dream of a whole song because I don't know if a lot, I don't know, I, I don't know if other songwriters are this way, but I feel like it's a very, a songwriter trait that you don't know if you're going to ever write another song. <laughs> and so you're always happy when you do write another one. Right. So to have those really valuable um, seeds be planted in the dream state where I wake up and I have this starter that then, you know, catches catches fire is as valuable as hearing a whole song because every song is always a blessing because you just don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> it, could be, be another it, one. it could be a title or... Just a, or a line from the chorus or something like that, and you can yeah, a title or a concept like okay. Um, I might have something going on in my life, and I don't know exactly how to put it into a concise concept that can be a song. And sometimes I'll get like, it won't be a title, but it'll be like, oh, this song is about what it feels like to go through something you never thought you could make it through. Okay, like that, I get a concept a lot in my dream, a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well. There's something else that I wanted to ask you about, and that is that you have got um, a really great mission statement. Uh, yeah. Would you like to share that with us? Yes, I love saying it. My mission is to spread love, healing, peace, and joy through the power of words and music. Oh, that is absolutely fantastic. Well, this actually inspired me, knowing that you had that fabulous mission statement. It inspired me to get a mission statement, too, because I realized I don't have one. <laughs> and so I just asked my spirit guides the other night. I said, um, you want to help me here? And they went, yeah, we'll just give it to you. <laughs> so, and uh, they don't do that very often. Okay. You know, usually ask them for things and they'll kind of like, oh, well, you know, you really have to do the work. Well, you know, they'll, they'll give me a little inspiration perhaps. Oh. But, but what they gave me was to explore the soul's purpose, to enlighten and inform. Ooh, oh, I got chills. I know, I know. Went, that is perfect. Thank you, guides. Yeah, I got chills. Oh, good. That's a good yeah. sign. Yeah. yeah. So we have a, another question. I think it looks like a question for you, India. Okay. Yeah, uh, well, I think we need a moment. Oh, uh, we need a moment? Okay. Gene is still uh, talking to All our right. caller here, so it'll just be a second. But as long as I'm already on the mic here, I might as well interrupt to give those phone numbers one more time so people can call in with questions for you, uh, Ainsley, and for India. 425-373-5527. That's 425 425- Three seven three five five two seven or toll free eight seven seven eight two five eight eight two eight. That's eight seven seven eight two five eight eight two eight. All right. Well, before we go to that uh, next question, uh, you were talking about your mother and how she's a singer, and I was thinking. Uh, I I wrote in the instruction something about how Mozart came into this world into a musical family. Right. His father was a kind of stage father. He really, really pushed his son to be as successful as he could. Mm-hmm. And um, these choices are made on the astral plane before we come here. It's a soul-level choice. Um, we, we choose our parents. Uh, they choose us. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, you will often get um, whole families of doctors or whole families of musicians or artists <laughs> or whatever. And uh, there you are. To me, it's no coincidence that you come in here and um, your your mother is this amazing singer. Yeah. By the way, when I saw you in concert one time and you announced your mom is going to be singing, 
I think there was a bit of a kind of uh, you know, sigh went through the audience. Um, I think they were expecting this you know old lady on a, pushing a walker, you know, <laughs> coming and croaking away. And and your mom just comes in. And she's like dynamite and um, amazing pair of lungs, beautiful voice, and uh, just blew everyone away. So uh, yeah, she's my secret weapon. I call her. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. Um, and uh, so, has she been very helpful to you in your career? Um, you know, mentoring that sort of thing. Yeah, my <clears throat> my mother. She gave me something that is invaluable, and that is to have a parent who wants the same thing that you want for yourself. Oh, yeah. Because I I have friends who are great singers, I mean great, and if I say that somebody is a great singer, I I mean that. I Um, Great song, you know, I have, you know, you know, I have that very strong um, likes and dislikes. I have very strong likes and dislikes. Especially about music. Uh-huh. I know that. And uh, I, I have, there are people that I know who are great, and they just, their parents told them that they need to be a doctor, or they need to go to school, or they need to be a lawyer, or they almost like it would be a, a personal offense to God if they did anything other than go to school and be a doctor or be a lawyer or right. be a teacher or whatever. They get all the discouragement. And, yeah, you'll but never make then, any money doing it. That kind of thing. That's right. But then, the, to me, the bigger the bigger conversation is not just that they're afraid for their children, but a lot of parents make their children feel like they are literally offending God. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you, the Bible says, you don't talk back, you don't question your parents. You right. know, God doesn't like that. They're supposed to know best. That, yeah. Well, you know, it creates a situation in a person's subconscious where. They can't make it. That's right. No matter how much talent they have. You set up the belief, absolutely. That'll be yeah. your, your reality. Yeah. That's right. And I didn't have the, I don't I don't have that obstacle. Yeah. My mother not only is supportive of me, but she's also really great at what she does. So I have this perfect um mentor and my mother is the person I trust more than anyone else on the planet. Right. If and she says she likes something I listen. If she says she doesn't like something, maybe you keep working on that. That doesn't flow or whatever. I listen, and, I, and I'm always better on the creative side for it. We have our differences about things because, obviously, I have my own destiny and my own lessons to learn, and sometimes she doesn't understand how we're different. Sure. But mostly when it comes down to music and the creative side, um, she's just like the best mentor that I could have, you know, I chose her. Sure, <laughs> I chose you her for that reason. <laughs> and we you differ about the business stuff, though. But you two have written songs together, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Um, there's a song on Acoustic Soul called Nature. Um, there's a song on my last album, uh, Testimony Volume 2, called Long Goodbye. She wrote that song. She wrote the whole song. Oh, wow. Uh, we did the Good Morning America theme song um, with Robin Roberts uh, called Beautiful Day. Oh, great. We wrote that together. There's a song called Beautiful Flower. It doesn't appear on an album, but it, it's on iTunes. And it's right. the song I wrote for Oprah Winfrey's girls at her school. And they, the girls named it Beautiful Flower. 
my mother and I wrote that together. But there are a lot of songs where we didn't write together, but she gave me lines or helped me develop it better. There's a song called Can I Walk With You on my album Voyage to India that my mother and I wrote together. I was going to mention that. Influence. I, oh, I, you were mention that one? <laughs> I love that song. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've got a lot of favorite songs of yours, but uh, that's one of them. I didn't know um, that. Oh, you like the bass line. I do. I do. <laughs> it's got a great, it's great bass, absolutely. Um, well, we have a, a question here. Um, so, uh, Eric, over to you. We've got Sharon calling now from New York. Hi, guys. Hi, Sharon. <laughs> Hi, Sharon. I have a question for each of you, actually. Um, India, I was wondering how you um, kind of negotiate uh the, the spirituality in your work with the marketplace? Have you felt the need to really kind of fight and protect, um, you know, these these impulses that come from a more spiritual place as you go through the various gatekeepers or have had in the past to go through the various gatekeepers, you know, on the way out there? Or has it just kind of flowed more intuitively and that hasn't been an issue for you? Thank you for asking that, because it gives me a chance to practice expressing it again. What I mean is that um, it flowed very naturally in the beginning, and then judgment started coming in, and like Ainsley talked about in the instruction, fear of judgment. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I'm familiar started, with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and it's funny, because Ainsley always says that almost everyone has it, or some, some degree of it, and I... Um, as I became more well-known, it was harder for me to talk about my spiritual life for the same reason that it's a poor topic of conversation at a dinner party because people are going to start arguing. Everybody mm-hmm. argues about religion and spirituality, and it became harder for me to just be more um, upfront about it. And so I would still I would try not to say certain things in songs, but it would still always make its way in there because the truth is, for the, in the creative process, I have to let what I feel come off on the paper even though I would fight myself about it. But there are also a whole topic of um, discussion that I never did approach, and that's what I'm doing now with my new album. It's called Open Door. Um, And I'm just talking like the basic spiritual truths without editing myself at all, because it was actually really scary to think that millions of people could actually judge my view on spirituality. It just, it didn't stop me from doing it, but it, colored it and it distorted it a little bit and now I just want to be clear and say the truth And but it took me 10 years to get to this place and that's why I said thank you for asking this question because talking about it makes me feel better. I feel so good about being out of the closet with it so to speak. <laughs> so do you feel more free then sort of just going for it? Yeah, once I got over the well, I, once I accepted the fact that I was going to just be afraid <laughs> about it sometimes I feel completely, totally free to the point that my new album is um, also a, a, um, a great creative departure because I'm doing it with the artist from Israel named Idan Reichel. It's called Open Door, and it's in English and Hebrew. And then other than outside of the fact that it's in Hebrew and English, which is, you know, what, what R&B singer does that, also the subject matter is very... Um, it's very straightforward, like it's fearless. I have a line in one of my songs. I have a, We have a song, Idan and I, called Gift of Acceptance. And there's a line in there that says, whether you are red, black, yellow, brown, or white, a man with a husband or a woman with a wife, 
we can debate to the end of time who's wrong and who is right, or I can honor your choices and you can honor mine. So for people like us, that's like a basic truth. Let everybody be themselves and you be yourself. But then to say it in a song like that, when I know millions of people are listening and that people are probably going to judge, it's scary. But, yeah, I feel completely free now, free enough that I have these 30 songs <laughs> that are all about everything I think and feel. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Well, um, I, I've heard some of it, and I tell you, it's absolutely amazing. I think it's just a, a fantastic work. And Thank you. Some very um, simple, though not simplistic, messages. Um, very straightforward and very courageous. It's um, it's like a the the voice of a, a maturing older soul. That's how I see it. You're really coming into your into your own. And, Thank you. Uh, oh, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It, My mother but, doesn't agree with all of that. Oh, really? <laughs> no, she does not. <laughs> I'll have words with her. Um, but but that song. And that song you mentioned, I mean, that's just, just absolutely beautiful. There was another one, that, there's a, a, a clip of you on um, TED, TEDx, is that right? Yes. TEDx.com, um, which is well worth anybody checking out. Um, you got a chance to hear you talk uh, about the creative process and also listen to some of the songs from that album, which are absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah. so I, I can't wait to hear the, the whole final thing. When is that actually released? Um, sometime in the fall. Okay. Yeah. And I'm still on the line here. <laughs> I don't know if I should. I had a quick question for you, or okay. I could be happy to get off. Um, it was just um, I, in your books, you talk about people often sort of being healed. It seems fairly quickly after they're sort of ide- they identify the trauma of their previous lifetimes. And I was just yeah. wondering about: is it really so fast, or does it really vary a lot among the people, or? You know how that really it, it varies. Uh, you know, um, I haven't been able to figure out exactly what uh, what allows one person to heal immediately and another to take six months. But um, we're talking about what what happens when I tell somebody about an, an event in a previous lifetime. And what I would hear from clients over and over again is they would talk about a burden being lifted the moment they heard what what had happened, the reason for their for the fear. Uh, but for other people, in, in the transformation, I talk about somebody who, for example, had um, died of hypothermia, um, and she was freezing cold all the time, terrified that she'd get caught out, e- even though she lived in Southern California, where it's pretty warm most of the time. Um, but then six months or nine months later, she completely shifted. Her, her body temperature changed completely. She no longer has that problem. So that took quite a while, but... Um, we're all different, um, but you know, for, for the longest time, I'd hear people saying the shift was immediate, and I never really questioned it. But sometimes it would happen, just even in the session as we're talking, and like all the issues connected with that life would just disappear. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, Sharon, thank you for the the questions, and uh, we have another question here. Um, again, over to you, Eric. Okay, let's go ahead and talk to our next caller. We've got Charles on the line, our second call from Canada, uh, calling from Toronto. Charles, hi. Ainsley, India, how are you today? Doing well, thanks. Good, hi. Great. I'm curious, uh, from both of you, you were mentioning you know, the ability to listen to the inner voice. I'm just curious if you can give me some guidance, uh, maybe from my guides or yours, or uh, how, to best, how to best hear the voice. Well, shall I take that first, India? 
Can I answer first? Because your question will be, your answer will be better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. You go ahead. I, for me, it was a process of learning to trust. Like I would hear things and feel it, but it's more like a thought. But there's a, I, there's a subtle difference in your own thought and that your own thought and being in the flow with spirit. The, the difference for me is that I feel super calm and very clear. Like it is true. When it's my own thoughts, I kind of like weigh it and go back and forth. And when I'm in the flow with the spirit, it's just, I feel very calm and I feel very clear and I feel it's true. And it still feels like a thought, but I just, I just trust it. <laughs> I trust it. I, I just trust it. You know, I have nothing to add to that. That, that really explains it so well. I went, I went okay, through, no, you know, I, I went through all that sort of thing when I first started doing this work, and it's, uh, you know, after a while you learn to recognize the difference between your imagination, your worries, uh, your fears, and what's true intuition. Now, yeah. we're going to take a break right now, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes with India Ari. Bye, Charles. <laughs> once a quarter in 2011 for her new Thursday evening class, Stepping Into Consciousness. This two-hour-long seminar will teach you how to positively live in this reality and how to reawaken yourself from the dreamlike state where most of us humans reside. Come interact with like-minded people and you may even receive a mini-reading. Upcoming Stepping Into Consciousness classes will be held on May 19th, August 18th, and October 20th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. Sherry Winston, an expert on women's sexuality, returns for a sex education lesson like you never got in school. Seattle, I'm listening. Then Dee Wallace is back revealing the spiritual principles of an actor's life that applies to everyone's journey of reclaiming your power. Then Marie D. Jones, author, minister, and mystic, explains the deeper meaning of synchronicities, the strange life of numbers, and what's behind the 11 11 phenomenon. That's Manson Mitchell in the morning, Saturday at 10, followed by the Gary Mann Show at 11 Pacific. Are you looking for tools to enhance your life or to bring those things you desire into your life? Marie offers a variety of CDs to help you do just that. Get acquainted with your seven primary chakras and balance your human energy system. Or is embracing your intuition what you're looking to learn? Or would you rather focus on a healthy immune system? These CDs and more are available through Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. For a complete list of CDs available and their descriptions, please visit Marie's website today. Independent programs, independent voices, independent ideas. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Get ready for something big now. All right, that's for people who think I take myself too seriously. Um, this is Ainsley McLeod, uh, back here again with India Ari. Now, India, I, I wanted to talk to you about and thank you for the fabulous piece of music that you wrote for my forthcoming CD. Um, my my CD is coming out, I think, in, um, oh, I don't know, June sometime, as far as I know. Uh, 
I'm actually struggling to remember the, the title of it. I've got it written down somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> I think I'll talk about the uh, the CD later. Um, oh, it's called Heal Your Past Life Fears. Right. But it has a guided uh, regression in it. And so, um, India, you very kindly offered to write this music, which was a, a fascinating experience I'd like to ask you about um, later, but you know, particularly because it involved chakras and things that I didn't really know very much about. And... Uh, but I'd like to begin by just playing that little two-minute snippet of music, and um, and then we can talk about it. Mm, okay. It brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> That beautiful piece of music was written by India Ari, who's my guest on the show today. India, that is so just phenomenally beautiful. <laughs> I just absolutely love it. Um, Thank you. Now, I was looking for a, a piece of music that would take people into a certain a certain place. Um, this is this is why people are regressing, going back into past lives. Mm-hmm. And we talked. Uh, well, my spirit guides got involved and they talked about um, chakras and going from the was it the heart chakra to the crown chakra um, there wasn't too much direction but you came up with this beautiful piece of music as a result of it what was the what was the process for you I'm sitting here trying to remember all of the information from the beginning I don't remember all of it 
I remember asking you what chakra, how they wanted the energy to flow through. Mm. And I remember being, because I might not have this exact, but this is what I recall right now, that I was surprised because they said they wanted to start in the solar plexus and go up and then go back down and rest in the solar plexus, Mm -hmm. which I would have thought it would be root chakra since, you know, that's the beginning. But that's not what they said. And so when you told me that, then... And really, it's textbook. I haven't done a lot of this. And so I, the reason why I was happy to do it was, one, because I love your work, and two, and I wanted to be a part of it, and two, because I wanted to experiment with really the, um, the you, you know, the real, I don't even know how to describe that, the real spiritual um, influence that music can have on the body. Right. Like, I wanted to experiment with that. Other than just songwriting and wanting to inspire people, that's different for me. So... Uh, I just went kind of textbook, and I found out which notes correspond with each chakra, and I put the song in that key, and then I used notes going up to the crown, and then the final meditation goes back down, but they don't all end up going back down. I don't right. know how clear I'm being, because no, now I'm remembering as I'm speaking. Yeah, we, we don't want to take people into the crown chakra each time until the end, so... Right. Um, yeah. Uh uh, have you tried meditating to this piece of music? No, and actually, that was my first time hearing it. <laughs> you haven't heard the final mix? No, I don't know why. I just felt like I was done and I wanted to wait until the CD came out. Or I don't know why. Uh-uh. Or maybe just busy. I don't know. But I, cause I tr- and I trusted you in the end to edit it, and I knew that you would make it best for your CD. So that was my first time hearing it. And how, how does it feel to you? I love it. I love it more than I than I remember liking it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, uh, but I didn't. I can't hear it as clear as I once. So I couldn't like breathe it in and go to that place. Hmm. But I just like the way it sounds right now. Yeah. Well, I I think it's absolutely just just perfect. So thank you, thank you so so much. Thank you. Now, I wanted to um, ask you a couple of things uh, about the the influence that you have on people. You know, you touched on that. I I found a great quote um, on YouTube it was uh, accompanying a, uh, a video for Little Things and mm. someone had written I started to love myself I started thinking I was beautiful because of India Ari, she's my inspiration uh, isn't that fantastic? Yeah but I'm sure you've heard that sort of thing before um, yeah that you know it, it's, you seem to have a huge effect um, part of what you're doing is Building self confidence in others, um, particu- particularly younger younger women, girls, um, making them feel good about themselves. Because mm-hmm. th- this is not the first time I've seen a quote like this. Um, is this something you've encountered a lot? Do people come up and tell you about this on the streets and how much, what a difference you've made to them. Yeah, I have encountered it a lot, and I don't have anything to compare it to, so I don't know what it really means. Because you know, I've never been another artist who gets other kinds of comments. But I'm I'm starting to value it more over the years, just in and of itself. But also, this brings up something that I wanted to say earlier about how creativity and spirituality spirituality are linked. Because the other part that I didn't mention earlier is that I pray for songs and I pray intentions into my song, mm. literally. Like I pray out loud what I want this song to mean like i don't get too detailed with it because i want to leave room for god to act but i just say i want this to touch 
any uh, even like the um, I'm trying to think of a song like the song Little Things. I want this to speak joy into the heart of anyone who's ever really been wounded by something. Because I wrote that song after I got really hurt at the Grammy. Mm. If I wanted other people who were really hurt by something, like an emotional thing, that this to be a song that just made them happy. Right. And but I pray intentions into every song, and I have an intention that I pray into every song, which is that God will take it and touch whoever needs it in whichever way that they need. I pray that over every album and every song, and then I have specific intentions for each song. And for me, when I hear people say that my songs touch them in that way, for me it's just a sign that um, God is answering my prayer. And also, it makes me feel like um, I'm able to take what I love to do and do something meaningful for someone. Like it'd be a really true, meaningful social contribution to someone. Well, and really, I don't know. I'm sorry, after you. Yeah, I was going to say, it really gives you a higher purpose, doesn't it? Um, yes, it gives the higher purpose of the whole point. <laughs> it's the whole, it's, it is the higher purpose. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, you know, this whole role model thing, um, you, you have, you really have no choice if you're getting yourself out there. You, can, you can't, you can't put music out there in the world and, you know, be- become well-known without being a role model. I mean, you just are. Just, uh, you know, I just heard happens. something... I heard something yesterday. Um, here on Hawaii, there's a, a temple that people go to, and you can do a tour of it, and then you can sit inside the temple and just, you know, pray or whatever. So I was inside the temple, and I was praying, and I was meditating. It was just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I heard the words, everyone is someone's guru. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I laughed to myself because I said, I, I get what that means. Everyone, can have a prof- everyone has a profound impact on someone if it's just your children or just your brother, or just your sister, they're going to grow up, and those things that you do are going to have a profound impact on the way that their personality is shaped, or, you know, whatever. And especially it's magnified when you are an internationally recognized person. It's magnified by however many people know your name. Right. Did you have um, someone like you when you were a girl? Was there a singer or someone who really spoke to you? Um, Made you feel good about yourself? A little bit there were just female singers who had deeper voices mm-hmm. and that meant a lot to me but i didn't have anyone whose music really spoke directly to my experience as a young woman growing up and having those self-esteem issues and being uncomfortable at school or whatever those things have are that feel really big at the time they feel so big that you carry it into adulthood right. <laughs> nobody really spoke directly to that and that's part of the reason why that's part of my um emotional connection to wanting to write these kinds of songs because I really write these songs for for girls who who are the same of which I was at their age. Right. In the song Beautiful Flower I say this is a song for every girl who's ever been through something she thought she couldn't make it through. Oh, now I can't remember the lyrics. Uh this oh, no, I don't want to sing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sing it. Um Oh, this is a song for every girl who's ever, I actually say the words, who's ever felt like me. Who's ever felt like me. Yeah, but that's my emotional attachment to wanting to sing those types of songs. Because no one ever ever said these things to me. And I think it's very healing for people to know that they're not alone or that someone like you has has felt these things, has gone through these experiences. Um, 
I wanted to, uh, we're, we're kind of running out of time and I've got so many things I wanted to talk to you about. W- one thing that I did want to ask, particularly when we're talking about creativity, and, and that's about collaborations, because you've worked with a lot of people, um, some, some of my heroes and probably your heroes too. Um, yeah. And I, I just wonder, is the creative process very different when you're working with somebody else? or How, how do you make that work? Um, can I have to say something because it's like stuck in my throat? <laughs> so the lyrics for Beautiful Flower are, I wrote these words because I was that girl too, wanting something better than this, but who do I turn to? I had to get that out. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You feel better now. <laughs> yes. Now I can talk about other things. <laughs> um, the thing, the, collaborating with people is as different as that person is. You know, like when you, when I collaborate with someone, I really invite their energy in to mingle with mine. So the same way we all have different fingerprints, we all have different ways of expressing things. And I love, that's what the that, that is what the beauty of collaboration is, that you get to feel another person's energy inside of your creative process, and it brings out a different translation that speaks to different people, and it makes you feel different, and it's unique, and because, you know, unique as, it's like giving birth to children. They have both of your features. Right. Yeah, isn't, oh, that's... Uh... That's very well put. Uh, and I think the work that you've been doing with uh, Idan Rachel, am I saying that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is, uh, I mean, it's, it's just a, an amazing collaboration. Thank you. Um, uh, and how, how did you find him? I mean, uh, actually, more, how did you find working with him? Was it easy? Was it just flow? Um, it's funny because we're talking about the spirituality inherent in music for me. And Don has that same thing. Like, I see him play piano, and he goes out of his body almost. It's like he's a different person when he's playing piano. I see his eyes are, like, really, like, um, look, and focusing on something something I can't see. I don't know where he goes. <laughs> but I, I feel like I do that, too. Like, I, I'll be singing in front of a whole audience and be like, forget everyone is even there. I've seen you do that, going into that, uh, that space. Um, yeah, that's the... That's almost, that's the high of it. (laughs) (laughs) Like singing for yourself is best feeling. So I said that to say that um, in the creative process, Idan and I both go to that very high spiritual place. And when we're intermingling on that level, it's so compatible that I call him a musical soulmate. Well, you really are. It's, uh, and you only have to listen to songs to know that. Yes. Um, However, our personalities are very different. Well, many soulmate relationships are not the easiest in the, in the world. So, um, But I just want to thank you, India, for being here today. I'm going to leave you with the question from my daughter, Kira, which was, do you know how awesome you are? <laughs> so, Kira is so sweet. <laughs> she is. She's your biggest fan. Tell her I said thank you. I will pass that on. Well, and before we go, I just want to say that I want to echo what the first caller said in that the instruction and the transformation have had a big impact on me too. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Well, thank you, India. My website is soul-world.com and I'll be teaching in the coming weeks and months at Hollyhock in Canada, Kripalu, Massachusetts. I've got a big trip coming up to Vietnam uh, and an upcoming CD. So please check them all out on soul-world.com and thank you for being here today.